day, and um, my dad will be bringing the main message this morning, and we're going to be really focused today throughout Sunday school and in the morning service just on really taking what happened last week, taking our missions conference. How many of you enjoyed the missions conference this past week? What a blessing it was, challenging. And now it's that time for us to make some decisions about what we're going to do, what we're going to do. And so really today's focus is going to be on us. We've seen the need in the world and now on us to say, all right, how am I going to pick up um, my part in this responsibility? What am I going to do about everything that I've, that I've heard? And so that's important. It's important that we're not just hearers, but that we respond in action, right? Um, so let's do that. But before we begin, I want to just take a minute and pray. Mrs. Bailey came and let me, I hadn't heard this and I just checked it out, but there was a missionary group in Haiti yesterday that was about 17 people. They were abducted by a gang. I don't know if you saw that story or not. There are, I believe, three minors in the group. They went down to help build orphanages and just a random gang violence. They were abducted. So I haven't heard, has anybody heard any of the latest on that, what's taking place? But we should take some time and, and pray for them this morning. And um, let's do that now. and Pray that God would bless our time together. Lord, we love you and we thank you that we can take some time to study the Bible together and to think about your mission around the world. So I pray that you would bless our, our time together. And Lord, we pray for this group, these servants, these brothers and sisters of ours in Haiti right now. Lord, we pray that your hand of protection would be upon them. I pray that you would calm their fears. I pray that you would, uh, your angels would minister to them in a supernatural way right now. We pray they'd be rescued and recovered. Lord, we pray that that the um, that these gang members, Lord, would have a change of heart, that you would intervene. Lord, so we put them in your hands, and we pray, Lord, that no harm would be done to them. We pray that you would be glorified through the situation. So, Lord, um, we just ask again, please help them, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. amen. It's important to remember that what we're doing this morning and the, the worship is that's coming from this church is representative also of the worship of churches globally, worldwide. And so, um, and I know that was a lot of our focus, that missions, the point of missions isn't just the, uh, about the cultures and the nations and the need of the gospel, but it is ultimately for the glory of God, right? And that's what, that's what drives all of this. And so we as a church, and we'll say a little bit more about this in the, uh, in the morning service, but typically what we do is we wait till the end of the year and then in the new year, we have our, our business meeting, and we'll vote on new missionaries, but we need, to, we need to spend some money because we have a lot of missionaries that have come off, come off the field, and we have money that's sitting in our missions account. So we could take on these new missionaries now. So not a lot of reason to wait, right? So we should take some action. So we need to vote on these missionary families as a church. And um, so obviously you've been introduced to the Gerbers last week. All of the prayer cards and the information are still in the foyer. So I'd encourage you as you leave today or as you're mingling, make sure you pick up some of these things. But specifically, obviously we already support the fielders um, and the Giltners, the, but you'll also see a picture and we'll show their video today of Lou and Lek Mai. Lou and Lek Mai are missionaries uh, in Thailand and Southeast Asia. They're going to Laos. And we, they were here years ago, or Lou was here years ago, 
Um, he's since been married, and they're going there, so we want to vote about taking them on for support. We'll show you their video. Also, I think I've really been burdened that as a church, we should consider taking on one of these language projects. So we should be thinking about that as well, that Brother Fielder presented to us. We also have, um, we need to talk about the Grasty family. The Grasty family have transitioned to a stateside ministry, and so they always represent whenever a ministry changes, they ask the churches to consider continuing support. And so we have to look, look toward that. So all of these things that are really serious, and as a church body, um, you should be praying about it. You should be praying for the leadership as well, that we would, we would make the right recommendations. And if you have questions or anything like that, we want to welcome that and invite you, and if you feel really burdened. In fact, I'll tell you, it was Lou and Lech Mai, I had forgotten about them, and a few months ago, one of the men in the church said to me, hey, what about, the, what about Lou Mai? I get his prayer updates regularly. And at the time, I was like, yeah, and my dad, had, I think you were still getting their prayer updates as well, and he reached out to them. So, you know, you have, a, you have a part. As a member of this church, you have a part in missions. And so, uh, however God is speaking to your heart, you know, talk with us. Let's, let's come up with, uh, we, in fact, last week, and we'll say this again in the morning service, but after the worldview presentation and the scripture translation, we had a member of the church put in $4,000 for scripture translation. It's just really cool. So uh, that's why we do this. And so what I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about today, I want to show you three passages of scripture. So I'm going to show you a, a lot of scripture, and I'm not going to say a whole lot about it. What I want to talk about today is financing the mission. Financing the mission. So there is the, the need. We present, we've been presented with the need very clearly. So we, we know that the need is great. But then there's some really practical, there's the practical point, and that is obviously we need to be praying and we need to be supporting in that way, but it takes money for this to happen, right? It takes money for this to happen. And so I want to just give us a scriptural foundation about the financial aspect of missions, because we can motivate with, uh, and, and I like that Brother Fielder mentioned this quite a bit, you know, we can look at pictures and our emotions can be stirred, and that's, that's part of it. Trust me, I mean, we need to have, there's an emotional component that our hearts need to be touched. But then I, but what's got to anchor us and ground us is that we are a part of missions, not just because we saw a moving, we, we financially support missions, not just because we saw a moving presentation, but because the scripture gives us a mandate to be financially involved. And the scripture teaches us clearly. So let's go, there's three passages. And so again, you could do three sermons on all these passages, or four or five sermons actually. But all I want you to see to this morning is that the Bible in the New Testament is very clear. It's not about, well, we'll look at this one verse or we'll look at this one instance. The Bible is very clear about the importance of financially supporting. Now, how many of you think it's not healthy to guilt someone into giving, all right? You think that's not a healthy, I agree, I'm gonna agree with you there. But my first point though, I want you to understand this, is we do give out of an obligation. Now, it's, it's, does, it's, it's not, I, I'm, not I don't, I'm not saying that we should put a, a guilt trip on people, but at the same time, the scripture does speak about obligation. There's three words, there's three words I want you to think about this morning, okay? Obligation, grace, and reward. Three motivations for 
financing the mission. What are they? The first was obligation, grace, and reward. Obligation, grace, reward. Look at 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9. I want us to see the obligation that we have first of all. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 that you and I need to take seriously the obligation that we have. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. And notice how he begins. He says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Now look at, now, now look at what he focuses in on. Are not ye my work in the Lord? What does he mean by that statement? Are not ye my work in the Lord? What does that mean? Yep. Right. So he brought them the gospel. They believed exactly. They believed because of the gospel work that he was doing. So he's setting us up here. And he says, in fact, they've challenged his apostleship. And in verse number two, he says, if I be not an apostle unto others, if, if other people question, if other people are questioning that I'm an apostle, you guys shouldn't because you've seen it firsthand. Like there might be other, but to you, there is no doubt, there should be no doubt in your mind, Corinthians, that, that I am an apostle, that I was sent by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because again, he led them to the Lord. And so verse three, my answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles? and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas, have we not power to forbear working? So he's saying, he's saying, when he says, when he says, have we not power, what he's saying is, don't we have the right? Shouldn't we have the privilege? Shouldn't we be able? So what he's, Paul is saying here is that you understand that I'm an apostle, that I've been sent by God. Now, as an apostle of God, and you, first he proves that he lays out the case, you know it. Now, you know I'm an apostle. I'm not, a, I'm not a traveling salesman. I'm not a snake oil peddler. I'm an apostle of God. You've seen the evidence of God's work in your life. So shouldn't we, speaking of himself and Barnabas, shouldn't we have the privilege to, uh, to have food and drink? Shouldn't we be able to have a, a wife that we can care for? Verse number six, or I only and Barnabas, shouldn't we be able to stop working? And then he says, who goes to warfare at any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth the flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? You understand what he's, he's speaking economically here, isn't he? Speaking economically. And if you were hired, if you were hired, you got a new job. I just saw in the, uh, a, a, some news articles that like, you know, 700,000 Americans, something like that. Maybe that's the wrong number, but it was a huge number of people that have quit their jobs and are doing something else, right? They're looking for a new job. It's crazy. You've probably seen the same thing. So you go get your new job, and they put you to work the first day, and then after the, the week comes, they say, yeah, well, we're not going to pay you for that. We would rather, what we would like you to do is we would like you to come and do all this work and then find a way to finance your endeavors for this company. Now listen, that is, I'm not making that up. That's Paul's illustration. That's Paul's illustration here. You would say that the business owner is obligated to pay, would you not? 
You certainly would. Verse 7, who goes a warfare? Who goeth a warfare at any time at his own charges? Who planteth the vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth the flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things are as a man, or saith not the law the same also? In other words, he says, listen, this is going all the way back to the Old Testament. For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen, or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope. What kind of hope? Are we talking about spiritual hope here? What is this hope? What is it? Yeah, it's money. He that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of this hope. If we have, now here it comes in verse 11, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your, what kind of things? Yeah. Not carnal in a sinful way, but carnal just in a material way. In other words, if I could, trans, if I could interpret it rather this way, if I can interpret it this way, if we have invested in you spiritually, shouldn't we get a return materially? And how many would say amen? Paul, is Paul saying this? In verse 12, if others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? So, so there may be other people that are convincing you to do this. And Paul says, nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. So Paul is saying, you are obliged. That, I just think this is a wonderful statement here that shows Paul's attitude. He says, you were obligated. You had an obligation to care for us financially, but we didn't take it. We didn't take it because we didn't want to hinder the work. The missionary says, in this case, I was willing to work for nothing. I was willing to work for nothing. But he's not, he's not saying that's a good thing. You know what I mean? The point isn't that that was ideal. The point is it's because you, you failed to fulfill your, what's the word? Your obligation. You failed to fulfill your obligation. And he says in verse 13, Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? Again, Old Testament illustration. They which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Even so hath, what's the statement? Hath what? The Lord ordained. Whose idea is this? Yeah. The Lord has ordained that if you're going to preach the gospel, you should be able to what? Yeah. Receive your livelihood. Receive your living from the preaching of the gospel. That's God's plan. Now, there are, all th there are things that make, sometimes make that impossible. Our brother Patrick here has come to New England to help at the, at the Baptist College in Bennington to train preachers to be willing to work outside and, rate and make some of their own money, and that's to be commended. But that should never be because the churches are not fulfilling their obligation. That should only be when it's impossible for the giving to take place. So here, we're reminded 
that we have an obligation when we see, when people are coming and they say we will invest our lives in the gospel, we have the obligation to fund that work. Paul says, though, verse 15, but I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that it should be so done unto me. It were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, here it comes. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. He says, if you fulfill your obligation or you don't, what am I going to do, Paul says. He says, I'm going to go and... Go ahead. I'm going to go what? Preach. I'm going to go preach. If you fulfill this, I'm telling you what your obligation is. If you fulfill it or not, I'm going to preach the gospel. And who's going to take care of Paul? God is. But who does God want to use to take care of the missionaries? God has ordained, in fact, that whose responsibility is it? It's our responsibility. We're, we're obligated to do it. Verse 17, for I do this thing willingly. I have a reward. But if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. So I just want you to see here in the New Testament, it makes the case there's not a lot of ambiguity here. There's not a lot of, well, what about this? What about that? It's pretty straightforward. Corinthians, Christians, you, you, you have an obligation. You have an obligation. So when you take that faith promise card, you pray and you pray about God, what part would you have me in missions? Part of your prayer would be, God, reveal to me my obligation. That would be a good prayer. Reveal to me my obligation. To whom much is given, much is required. Even so, as God hath prospered every man, so let him give. The obligation is proportionate, and there's a, my dad's got a whole message on the proportional giving, and I'm not going to do that, but I am going to go to that passage now. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 8, 2 Corinthians 8, so I said the first word this morning is what? Am I losing you? What was the first word? Obligation. Obligation. The second word is what? Grace. Now. So again, we have to keep all this in balance because sometimes a, a pastor or a preacher will get up and will say, and, and will make people feel a little guilty. And people nowadays are like, oh, you should never do that. Well, wait a minute. There's a biblical obligation. Let's put it in balance. It's not all obligation though because then we come to this wonderful passage about what? Grace. So look at chapter 8 here, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit that we want you to be aware of. We want you to think about. We want you to remember the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the, what's it say? riches of their liberality. Now you look at this verse, this verse is filled with contrast, it's filled with irony. These things don't belong together, right? What doesn't belong here? What's the, what is ironic about this verse? The first thing that we see, they're happy, they're joyful, but then the second thing we find out is they are what? They're poor. They're not just poor, they are afflicted, and they are deeply poor. They are afflicted, they are poor, and they're just not 
poor, they didn't have two nickels to rub together, right? They didn't have one nickel. They had deep poverty. I don't think any of us can relate to that deep poverty. What, what, what that's talking about there. When it says deep poverty, you're talking about people, I believe, that are they're looking for their next meal. But they're so full of joy. Surely, surely these people must not be involved in giving. And when it says riches of their liberality, it must be talking about spiritual. You know, they're poor financially, but they're rich spiritually. Stick with it. Guess what? It's talking about money. They heard, they had heard about some saints in Jerusalem that were really struggling, and they decided they were going to give. It says here in verse 3, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power. Beyond their power. This is part of where we get the idea of faith promise missions. Some giving is within our power, and sometimes grace giving sometimes goes where? It goes beyond our power. It goes in be above and beyond. And these were people that they, they, they had moved way past the obligation. I mean, they were, ob obligation was just like, it, it, do you feel obligated to give? Yeah, of course I do. That wasn't a struggle for them. They just knew it. But they were like, but forget the obligation. We want to be a part of this. We must be a part of this. But you're so poor. Oh, but God can make a way. But God can make a way. And so it says that, to their power and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. They, verse number four, it's like they were begging. They prayed with much entreaty. They just begged, Paul, you've got to take this gift. We want to be part of the fellowship of ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also." So this is what Paul says, if you follow the story. He says, this happened in Macedonia. I was so overwhelmed by the grace giving in Macedonia. I said, Titus, you've got to go tell the Corinthians about this. Titus, you've got to go and tell the Corinthians about what the churches in Macedonia are doing. So Titus goes, and he's telling them about this. And Paul says, the reason I did that is because, in verse 7, he says, therefore... As ye abound in everything, he says, Corinthians, you have a church that is abounding. I mean, you've got faith, and you've got utterance, and you have, what else? You've got knowledge, and you have, and you have a lot of what? Love to us, but you need to abound in this grace, and that is the grace of giving. Can I tell you what happens? When I was young, it started with an obligation. I was just raised. That this, is, this is what the Bible says. This is what you do. But you know what happens when, when you go from obligation to you start writing a couple of checks by faith? Have you ever, don't raise your hand, have you ever written a check by faith? Saying, I don't know. And now, now listen, I'm, I'm not saying that Every week of our Christian life is, is about, you know, these, these you know, well, I'm writing a thousand dollars here and a thousand. I'm not necessarily saying that, but have you ever written a check by faith? Because when you do, something changes in your spiritual life. 
Because you see God meet the need. So I just want to ask you a question. Would you, would you write a check by faith to, to Worldview Ministry or to some other ministry? Would you, would, would you um, make a commitment this year by faith? And I know it's a balance. There's this, I've struggled with this in my own life. There's this balance of we have to be proper stewards. We should be putting money away for our retirement. The Bible talks about saving. All those things are important. But listen, we can get it all so structured and so down that we just lose the opportunity for God to show us what he can do. I, I remember a good friend of ours. Some of you remember, remember him. He hasn't been here in quite a few years. So some of you never got to meet him. But my, a good friend of mine, Chris Chavez, used to come and He's a pastor now, but he was an evangelist, and he used to do meetings, a lot of meetings, and he would come every year. And one year, we were buying a new bus, and we gave him his love offering check. Now, at the time, he did not have a regular salary. He didn't have a salary. He was just, whatever he made at this church is what they were going to live on, and whatever he made, and he didn't have a, he wasn't well known. It's not like he was preaching in churches with thousands of people. He was preaching in churches like ours. We, we, I sat up there when my dad handed him that check and he took that check and he handed it back and he said, put this toward that new bus. He handed the check back by faith. That's grace giving. That's grace. That's, it's, something that, it's something that God had done in his heart. You know what? God, I'm sure God returned that investment that he made some way. There's an obligation we have an obligation, but don't stay in the obligation. Move past that. It's just like Christians wrestle with tithing. Listen, you got to get past this whole legalistic thing and realize it's not about how much do I have to give. It's about how much can I give by grace through faith. Grace. And it says that I, in verse 8, I speak not by commandment. This is so cool here in verse number 8. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, there's no law here. There's no, thou shalt, the Old Testament was full of the law. You had this first fruits offering and you had this 10% offering and this. Well, what could we expect from people that didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? God's got to put it down in, in a law, but people that are full of the Spirit of God and and, the, and, and united with Christ in this New Testament age. Man, this isn't about by commandment, but it's by the occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. And then our great example is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, you could call it grace giving or you could call it gospel giving. Because look at verse number nine. In verse number nine, for you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you. This is, that means it's helpful, it's beneficial. You, you began before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. 
I believe with all my heart that when we talk about this, when we speak about this, there are people, you might be even in here this morning, and God is speaking to your heart. You've never written a check by faith. Do it, Paul says. Do it. Just do it. Don't think too much about it. You're like, you're getting a little charismatic on me here. You know what? Listen, sometimes faith just needs us to stop reasoning. Now, again, I don't think that every day of your Christian life ought to be like this, but sometimes God puts something on your heart and you don't need to stop and overanalyze it and overthink it. You just need to Nike, man. Just do it. And do it for missions, you know? It's, as, a, as a pastor, it's, it's great to talk about giving when you talk about missions because I, I don't benefit a penny from the missions offering. My dad doesn't benefit a penny from the missions offering. This church materially doesn't benefit a penny from the missions offering. All the money goes to the mission. Give by faith. Grace. Verse 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Listen, God has given the ability. Give according to God's, this is the proportionality. I mean not that other men be eased and ye be burdened. That's a challenging verse. Go ahead back, Kayla, one verse. That's a challenging verse for America. If you look at the statistics, and I'm not even going to give them to you, look them up, the percentage of the church that finances the mission world uh, in in america it's a small percentage because unfortunately this is happening in our country some people are eased and others are taking the burden but verse 14 but by any quality everybody can have a part that's why we say every year pray about it just pray about it ask god what he would have you give that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there be equality. As it is written, he that hath gathered much hath had nothing left over, and he that hath gathered little hath no lack. Obligation, grace, who remembers the last word? Reward. Three motivations for financing the mission. Obligation, grace, reward. How many of you know where I'm going on this last passage? Think you know. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Again, the point of this, again, we could do a whole series on all these passages. I just want you to see this morning that it's all over the New Testament. It's not isolated. So Philippians 4. I've got four minutes to do this, so let's go quick here. Philippians 4.10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last, keyword here, your what? Your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. It's not, so he's like, I'll tell you what happened here. Long story short, Paul received an offering from the church in Philippi. And he's like, I, I received, I don't know what it was, bag of money, bag of coins. I don't know what the, what the process was like back then. There was no ATM, you know, it's just, there it is, boom, pile of money. It's like, this is from the Philippians. And he says, oh, they care so much. They care so much. And it's not that you didn't care. You were caring. It just you lacked the opportunity. I don't know if it was because time had passed or there was no one who could bring the gift. And Paul says, this isn't about, verse 11, this isn't about me wanting the money. 
It's not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in, in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul says, I know how to be abased, and I know how, how to abound. Like, I can live my life with little, I can live my life with a lot. Which is right and which is wrong, by the way? To live with a little or to live with a lot? Is one right and one wrong? No. Paul says, I, sometimes I live with a little, sometimes I live with a lot. But in either case, I've learned to be content. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have done well, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Communicate with my affliction is polite terminology. Okay? It doesn't mean they sat down and had a conversation. What does it mean? Communicate with my affliction. What does it mean? Yeah, sent the money. He says, you did communicate with my affliction. Now, ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving. It was just you. It was just you. Even in Thessalonica, ye sent one and against unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. I desire fruit that may abound to your account. If you've been in church for long enough, you've heard this preached, that when you, when you give financially toward missions, the fruit of those souls, the fruit of that ministry, there's a reward not just for the missionary, but that fruit is accounted to your account, our account. And I tell you, our, our little church here, less than 100 people, to give over $50,000 to world missions is because people understand the obligation, they've experienced the grace, and they're living for an eternal reward and fruit that will abound to their account. Get on board. Be a part. Pray. This is God's plan, not our plan, not a mission board's plan. This is God's plan for financing the mission. Today is all about challenging our hearts, challenging our hearts to give to the mission. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for how clear your word is. I pray for how exciting it is to live by faith. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to... Um, to step out by faith. Lord, help us to be um, just a people who are always willing to follow your leading. We pray for our missionary family that you give us wisdom as we grow this family, as we add missionaries. And Lord, help us to, uh, in that area, to be sensitive to your leading. We pray now as we prepare for worship that you'd uh, cause our hearts to be united in our love and devotion for you. I pray for my dad as he brings the message this morning. I Lord, pray for just a special moving of the Holy Spirit. Give him the, uh, Lord, your unction and your power to preach. Help us to listen carefully and respond. Lord, we're just so thankful that we, we have a local church and a church that's on mission. Lead us forward. Help us to be a, a pure and holy bride for you. In Jesus' name, amen.